Hey, I'm Hollis. And I'm Grace. And this is As You Are, a podcast where we talk to creatives about who they are, their passions, and what drives them. Today, we're interviewing Soledad Mwakibu, who's a Brooklyn-based stylist and creative. We're chatting with her all about growing up in Nigeria and the U.S., her journey to becoming a fashion stylist and growing her clientele, as well as her other passions. We're excited to learn more about her and her story. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. I'm super excited. One, thank you for saying yes. We're very <laughs> excited to talk to you. And I think based on what you said, this is your first interview or more yeah. official interview that you've done. Yeah, it's my first like interview, really, I think, ever. Okay, love it. So yeah. we're getting the inside scoop. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be scared. Don't be scared. You're going to be great. Let's just start off with you telling us your name, your pronouns, and your bio, kind of whatever you want that to include. Hey, everyone. So my name is Soledad Wakibu. Um, I'm based in New York. My pronouns are she, her. Currently, I work as a fashion stylist. Um, and that kind of goes into like different buckets. So like wardrobe styling, editorial styling, and then like personal styling, which is also kind of wardrobe styling. Um, currently I'm still trying to find my niche with that, but I would say like at the moment I'm doing a lot of like wardrobe styling for just like CEOs, people who are just trying to create a brand for themselves, predominantly black women, really loving that space at the moment. Your niche is good taste. No worries. (laughs) (laughs) Also not trying to like put myself in the niche, but it's always like helpful to just have direction, I guess. Yeah. I'm really interested in hearing a little bit more about sort of your background. Where are you from? How did you get here to this place in Brooklyn 20 something years later? (laughs) Yeah. So I was born in Atlanta, actually. My family's originally Nigerian. And so my mom would kind of just come on vacation to have all her kids, like to America kind of thing. Oh, I've heard it before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what that was. But I grew up in Nigeria up until I was like 12, 13. And then I moved to Maryland with my siblings and my dad. And then went to college in Atlanta, which is where Hollis and I met at Spelman. Um, at Spelman, I actually studied biology. Funny enough, it's like mind blowing thinking about it like four years, three, like three, four years later. I didn't know any other real like professions out there in the world. All I knew just growing up in an African household, Nigerian household specifically, was just like doctor, lawyer, engineer. I'm sure you've heard this like to every African that you've spoken to. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I, that's all my siblings and my cousins and I knew. Everybody I knew, everybody around me was a nurse, a doctor a PT, a lawyer, like there wasn't any consultants, there weren't any like creatives. So I just was going to be a doctor. So I did a lot of research programs in the summer, of course, like just, that's just like the culture of Spelman is like summer stuff. And so I had this one program in LA, the summer going into senior year, it was a pre-med clinical rotation slash the research program at USC. And I absolutely hated it. <laughs> I literally was like, <laughs> oh, so this is what this is. Um, and then the fact that it was in LA was like, just not great because I just like wanted to be outside. Like I wanted to be with the people going to events, like getting my fits off, like going for a cute drink. I didn't want to be in the lab. <laughs> and so that was like my first like real, like, okay, girl, you need to get out. You need to figure something out, like find what you're really into, blah, 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 blah. And so by that time, it was like way too late to like switch majors kind of thing. 
So of course I stuck it out. I I have a degree in bio and then basically all of senior year, I spent trying to just figure out what I was going to do, who I wanted to be, like what I deep down like was interested in. Cause at that point I'd never done that before. I just like was literally floating. So did that. And then I came to New York, like in the summertime after graduating for like 4th of July with my cousins. And I was like, oh my God, I love it here. This is so fire. Like <laughs> you're I like, this is so not LA. Thank God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So this is not LA. Um, and then I basically was, okay, I'm just going to move to New York. I'm just going to try and find a job. I'm going to move to New York and just like figure it out. By this time, I hadn't even really thought about making fashion a career, really. Mm-hmm. I just knew that I like to dress well. I appreciate when other people put themselves together, put that effort in, all that stuff. And so I moved to New York. I got a job at, at the Riverside Church in Harlem, actually, doing fundraising and just like stewardship, like faith-based mm-hmm. fundraising, basically. And then COVID happened. We all get laid off. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> nice. And so during like just lockdown and just being like in the boredom of things and just not having much to do being laid off I just basically was trying to figure out like things to do like how to fill my time creativity wise all that stuff and so my friend at the time was like an upcoming artist a musician his name is Toye me and him were talking one day and he was saying how he needed like visuals like for his apple music profile Spotify all that stuff and I was like oh why don't we just plan a shoot I'll get some clothes and like his friend was a, was a photographer so we just like put a shoot together I planned the shoot I creative directed the shoot and like styled the shoot of course and I was like oh this is kind of cool I can do this um and so yeah literally from that day I just became a stylist like literally I just posted the pictures on Instagram to get feelers out and see mm-hmm. and yeah like from then people would just reach out to me to work or create stuff and I created a portfolio website and it's just like became a thing I literally fell into it like that so yeah wow I feel like a few people we've talked to it's a similar story of like COVID happened someone got laid off yeah had free time on their hands had always had this interest that was creative never thought that maybe you could make a living from it and then they give themselves space to start playing around with it. And it's led to some of the people that we know, like becoming musicians or writers or stylists. I love hearing that. And going back a little about your background, being from both Nigeria and the States, I'm wondering if that influences your styling work and also just your your personal like sense of self. Like how do those cultures that are very probably different, but maybe very similar show up in your life? Yeah, I actually love that question because on my website, I actually address that. I talk about how like my influences in Africa and Nigeria and cities like New York, Maryland, Atlanta kind of have all fused together to give me this like crazy pot of style and just like influences when I do style other people. So it definitely has a big influence on me. I think like Nigerians are one of the most stylish people like on. I would agree. And I'm just in New York. (laughs) Like. Just even when it comes to special events, like weddings, parties, like I always had that image of my mom and her friends going out in their brightest, most elaborate dresses just to go to the market or go to um, church or like even like school drop-offs. So I've always known the importance of just like presenting really, really well, even sometimes like being obnoxious about it and just like whatever, being comfortable and knowing that you put effort into your look, you're not hiding, 
behind anything and you're just like who you are. And there's just a lot of like creativity coming out of Nigeria at the moment too. So I'm just happy that I'm a part of it and like I'm, I'm getting to show that as well. Do you find yourself running into or just having community with a lot of Nigerian people in New York? And like, what does that look like here? Yeah, that's really mostly what my community is in New York. I, I always try to branch out, but I always just find myself back in my bubble with like all my Nigerian friends. And part of it is like when I first moved to New York, it was like a lot of the people that I knew here were already Nigerian. They were like friends from high school in Nigeria or like mutuals of friends from Nigeria. So it's kind of hard to like move somewhere and not just like gravitate towards like your mutual friends and people that you yeah. knew from childhood. Especially um, here. It's like, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So definitely. And then the first couple of people that I've like worked with, like styling wise, like photographers have been Nigerian. Um, they're like des- like web designers, cre- creative, stuff like that. Definitely very Nigerian around here. <laughs> yeah. I love that for you. That's very <laughs> cool. I'm yeah. really curious. What is something since becoming a stylist, since moving to New York just recently that you feel like you've learned about yourself? Okay, so I- this is one thing that I always say it's like in the middle of everything that I do I need to be enjoying myself like I need to be having fun there needs to be enjoyment like it just needs to be a good environment whether it's personal life or if I'm like actually styling somebody or a project that I'm being put on and the minute I feel otherwise I have to remove myself (laughs) um because it's just it's just not fun like the work is already kind of hard it's I need to at least be comfortable Uh, enjoying myself and then also like just gaining and feeling like you care about my presence and you like want me to be here and you feel like you're gaining and you're appreciative of me of course I've had a few experiences where that wasn't the case and so just like learning that about myself and like being able to act on it has been something that I just value and put forth in everything that I do yeah enjoyment keyword that's important (laughs) And and a lot of people are not prioritizing their enjoyment or their joy and I feel like something that you said makes me curious because like as someone that's not in styling or you know I'm a photographer but I don't know all of the backstory of what goes into styling what are some of the harder parts of your job and your work yeah it's so funny I was just talking about this I was having a twitter rant (laughs) but I was just I was just talking about this I was saying how like styling is like literally 80% like sending emails, people pleasing, and just like showing face when you go out and just like rubbing shoulders with the the right people. Mm -hmm. And then 20% like actually styling and like the physical labor that goes into like the pre-planning of like a shoot or just like an appearance that somebody has. Um, So I'd say definitely like that part for me, like the 80% part of of it is kind of hard for me because Honestly, I'm a very reserved person. It's very hard for me to just like throw myself out there because I just have this kind of irrational fear of being rejected, but working through that. But um, (laughs) everyone's got something. (laughs) But yeah, so that part of it, the whole having to just be be very social, knowing people, the connections that you have to like garner with these different designers and brands and just like overall etiquette and knowing how to navigate and present yourself so that you can be aligned with the brand and stuff mm-hmm. has been super hard for me. But I'm also just like seeing it as a learning thing where I'm just growing that skill about myself. 
yeah it's not that glamorous i knew that before but of course like all you always all you see prior is the final flashy image on instagram or like on somebody's portfolio but there's a lot of like physical labor that goes into styling there's a lot of behind the scenes and all that stuff is hard so yeah definitely definitely what i would say but i think that's super brave like to one i totally agree with you i think that when it comes to creative projects it's amazing how much of the work itself is administrative like yeah it's mostly even for as you are I'm like reaching out to people finding people to talk to organizing which is a hill we're climbing slowly but surely <laughs> like and about 20 percent of the work like you said is like actually getting to talk to people or actually getting to write or whatever it looks like so yeah. it's shocking like to find that out in real time but I also think it's super brave to have such a big part of like your self-expression and what you want to do feed into a skill that you want to work on or something you don't feel like you're at your A game at yet. Like that's yeah. a lot of work, especially for introverts. Like styling, like you said, is super social and kind of all about like who you know and who wants to know you. And that's such a different muscle to flex. So yeah. I know that's a lot of effort. Like I see it. <laughs> and oh, along yeah. with that, I feel like this it's same in photography that the etiquette, what you're talking about is there's no like textbook you can read about it. It's just like having real lived experiences. And when so much of it is like gate kept from people, you have to find the people that will tell you this is what you need to do on set. And this is what you better not do on set. And I feel like that's, I would assume that it would be kind of similar with styling that you are just going to learn over time because it's like just trying to gather the crumbs that people give you sometimes. Crumbs, literally crumbs. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> emphasis on enjoyment, emphasis on crumbs. Right now in this chapter of your life, what do you feel like is your unique perspective that you can bring to people for styling? Or what do you feel like is at the core of what you bring to your clients, whichever types of clients those are? Yeah, this is this is about to get really specific because I have like we one love it. client that I'm working with. So she's a CEO. So she does a lot of appearances. She speaks at things. We should just say who it is. CEO of Topicals? Yes, yes. The CEO of Topicals. Yes, yes, yes. yes. CEO of Topicals. Um, and yeah, she's also she's also a Nigerian woman, which is like my dream client across the board. So <laughs> love her down. But she speaks a lot at a lot of things. More, most of them formal. Um, some of them are more informal, but like at the core of it, like she's supposed to present as like a serious CEO. Like mm-hmm. she runs things. But I what like what we're trying to like hone in on is like just being able to be feminine in that, be sexy with it, but in a way that is still formal, whatever that means to people. So working with different silhouettes or cutouts or like certain fabrics, the way it hangs on her is what we we will focus on. So I think that in itself has been like a learning experience. And it's been like, just like learning how stuff looks on a certain body and how Mm -hmm. it might be perceived has been something that I've been having fun with. We coined this thing as like business kitty. So it's like she's, <laughs> she's business, but like sexy. Um, so yeah, just like just like little fun stuff like that. Being able to like work with the person, but then add myself into it. And then like just meet somewhere in the middle where we're able to, it kind of feels like, def- like not like we're defying like certain standards or like expectations but it kind of does feel like that at times because she's young at the end of the day she's like not even 30 so she has to still look 
like a CEO, but then still look, you know, fresh, young, sexy, like, so that, so that at the end of the day, people give her money or like, you know, purchase topicals or just align with the brand and her. So, yeah. That is so cool. I think it is hard to talk about your own work and be like, am I breaking the stereotype? Like all this stuff, but (laughs) it is really interesting to see what is a younger, newer perspective on this very old traditional idea of like what a CEO looks like. Exactly. And I think it must be difficult to know that, to be very aware that like people's image, especially for people with like new businesses or that are still looking for funding and like they don't have an established 30 year brand behind them. Like their image is a huge part of how they're able to achieve some of those goals. And I feel like it must feel like a lot of responsibility in some sense to be like who you are to the world in the same way that you talked about like your history with clothing is like deeply connected to what you're able to get done in the world so that is very cool and like very (laughs) impactful ultimately yeah 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 definitely heavy on like just making sure that you present well very very much so and helping people just like find that and like hone in on that for sure yeah I'm wondering, how did you get her as a client? Like, what was that process? But in general, what has been your experience sort of breaking into entertainment business and like working with bigger clients? Yeah. So funny enough, she actually found me on social media. Oh, I love that for you. yeah. Yeah. She said that I would like pop up on her for you page on TikTok and stuff. And she was like, who is this girl? So then she like followed me and then she followed me on Instagram and then messaged me. Um, and then, yeah, it was like, it was September of last year. So it was like, it was right around fashion week and she was coming into New York and having a few of like her very first like appearances and was attending shows and stuff like that. And so that was our trial run. It was just like me getting her a few looks together. Um, we hung out one night and just and that was like the first time that I met her in person and so yeah it was just a, it was a good time I was able to like feel her out she felt me out and yeah it's been history since then we're like obsessed with each other we speak the same language we like just express ourselves similarly so I think just being able to point into each other in in that regard has been nice and she's poured a lot into me so very appreciative of her when you're a bigger name when you have more followers when you're someone that is like just like known the process is a little bit easier. It's not that much easier, but it's a little bit easier Um, in that like brands are like, they're like just wanting to work with you more. They're wanting to align with you. They want you and their stuff. And so that, that makes it a bit easier to like name drop her, I guess, when I'm doing outreach and just sourcing stuff for her. So that that's been that's been pretty cool. Some brands will still say no. And I'm like, okay, that's your loss. But it truly is she's the hottest thing out. But okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that that's been that's been really cool. And you just have to like explain what the event is for, what she's doing, who is who she is. Um, and a, a lot of them would like be down for it and would yeah, like tell me to come pool, like send their lookbook over. And then we just like me and her will collaborate on like what she wants to wear from the lookbook, if she likes anything from the lookbook. So just stuff like that. Wow. It's a lot of middleman, middleman activity going yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> all that 80%. Yeah, yeah. I really want to know, you made a point earlier about 
um, your client like really pouring into you and like giving you a lot of advice that's been helpful for you? What are some things that she's taught you working with her? I would say like one thing is she has just really empowered me to know that like I do good work basically and just basically ridding me of like imposter syndrome like girl you just need to step into it you just need to like know that you're you're tapping into stuff that hasn't been tapped into like people want to work with you like just just pouring into me in that sense and then in the sense of also just like introducing me to a lot of people and just placing me in rooms that like you know she feels are valuable for me or like just making introductions here and there or like if someone asks her like what she's wearing she's gonna be like oh my stylist got that for me or like oh my stylist like x y and z even when I'm not there like I'll go to some of the events that she speaks at and like she tells her story like every time that she speaks and I think like just the way that she has that story down packed and just like packages it so well something that I've learned um to do is just like just have your story have what you're gonna say like that like five liner six liner and just like stick to that and you know of course bend it to where you are but just know who you are know what you're bringing to the table know like who you're speaking to and how to present yourself for sure is one way is one thing that she's taught me and I think that's just a really good way to just like drive in to like people that you meet like this is who I am and so I think that's something that I've learned from her for sure and just just like overall how selfless she is like with the people around her just being able to just give to the people around you however you can whether it's like resources wise monetarily and even just experiences so I think I think that's definitely something that I've that I've been able to gain from her for sure. Star girl, love her. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, she sounds like a wonderful collaborator, friend, mentor. Like I think a lot of people are looking for that and those people are underrated. Like someone that really like believes in you even potentially before you ever did is huge. I mean, this is kind of more grand scheme of things, but like what what does a successful and happy life look like to you? So a lot of people don't know, but I still have a nine to five. I still work um, a nine to five. I do ad tech operations still. Wow. Um, and so I think long term, hopefully not too long term, I can fully pivot into styling. Just have a roster of like three, four clients, maybe five that I work with on a regular to a place where I feel very comfortable financially, very comfortably, like resources-wise, network-wise, to be able to, you know, fully style. That's like my next thing is just that ability. So I think a successful stylist, I would say, is someone that has like a consistent roster of people that they work with. I also am looking into maybe getting management soon. So the work is streamlined and just has that like very professional air to it so that people only come to me if they're serious and have things together like money you know all that stuff I also um potentially I'm looking into getting help so like assisting like assistance so that people who are where I was a year or two ago who just you know want to be on sets want to be in the midst of going to pick up and sending out emails and learning all that stuff yeah these are all like three four or five months out kind of goals for myself so I think just having those things together would make me feel more secure, more like more set in what I'm doing. 
Um, yeah. And I think I'm definitely on track for that. Like just meet with the people that I've been meeting, um, just being able to like expand like my clientele and stuff. That That's amazing. It, this reminds me of a conversation that I had with my friend, Sam, who's a photographer, mm-hmm. like yesterday, mm-hmm. two days ago. And like one mm-hmm. thing that he said during it was, it's so interesting how like you can see so clearly how someone else is doing great things and like on the path to success, but it can be so hard to see that in yourself. Yeah. And so, and I was like, Ooh, one, let me write that down. So glad it's immortalized <laughs> in this episode now. Thanks, Sam. But I also, it reminds me of what you're talking about, like your relationship to your clients and just like collaborating with other creative people. Like it helps bolster your own sort of sense of self and identity and what you're doing when other people want to collaborate with you and want to recognize you and like help you kind of bolster that confidence. And yeah, it's like, I see very clearly in you the great things that are to come and that have already happened. Like 2020 to now was like, not long and you've done amazing stuff so it really is incredible to watch thank you so much of course it's all you (laughs) (laughs) and I I do love that you mentioned that you have a nine to five because I feel like as you are we are trying to showcase people that are creative that have passion projects that maybe appear online like this is the one thing that they do and that this is the thing that they're going to do for the rest of their life or the rest of this chapter of their life um but in reality, they're also just hustling to make money so that they can do the thing that they love. And I'm really happy you mentioned that because I think that sometimes it seems like their side project is like making all the money and that somehow like you're behind because you're not. So I really respect that you mentioned that because I think that a lot of people our age and even older are in the exact like exact same boat. Yeah, I always mention that. But it's funny because everybody thinks that I am just fully a stylist. And like, I'm like, online, that's fine. Like, sure, you can think that. But like, if I'm talking to somebody, I'm like, no, 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 no. I work a nine to five. I go into the office like twice a week sometimes. And yeah, I'm just like finding that balance. And it's kind of crazy. Like, it's also another skill that I've gained. It's just like balance and like Mm -hmm. appearing as my full self for both of these like hats that I wear. Yeah. And speaking of balance, this is in all of our research of you and also just knowing you for many years now, (laughs) you apparently stay on a plane, stay traveling always everywhere. (laughs) What, how does traveling like fit into your life and fit into everything else you do? And also like, what are some lessons or like important things you've learned from yourself? Clearly being someone who like loves to be outside. Yeah. Yeah, I love outside a little too much. But um, yeah, I would say like, I don't know, from young, I've always just loved like traveling. My family has always just been a traveling family. So like living in Nigeria, we would come to the US like for like summer breaks or random things here and there sometimes. Or even within Nigeria, we would like on vacation, like go to the beach or like stuff like that. So just always, I've always just been very active when it came to that growing up. And so um. Being able to translate that into like my life now has been really nice. I'm also like very like frugal when it comes to traveling. Like if I'm going somewhere, like I have accommodation there. So I'm only paying for like my flight. I'm like, like staying with family or like a friend that's there. Um, Or if it's like somewhere that I have no bearings, like I'm going with friends and we're splitting the Airbnb. So it's like really cheap or just stuff like that. So it seems like super glamorous or like super like unattainable, but 
like there's ways to there's ways to do the things so um I think like um sort of figuring that out has been also something that I've put time into doing and also there's credit cards that like like reward you for traveling so I've like just been big on that so I have this one like Delta Amex that everything that you buy oh the girls love Delta Amex yeah so I'm like everything that everything that I buy translates into miles so like a flight my flight to London was like $60 so like stuff like that I've just found yeah well I mean plus miles like the miles were exactly we're like this is now a financial advice podcast yeah yeah yeah, guys get a credit (laughs) card (laughs) no no no, but only like be very smart with it of course and like make sure you have the money to pay it back like if you don't have the money in your debit card don't buy it yeah you haven't planned for it don't buy it kind of thing but I think like I've been able to find sort of loopholes or ways to maximize traveling so that it's not so daunting or expensive so um yeah and just being able to travel and like be in new spaces meet like one obviously of course meeting new people and just expanding my network that way is also is very vital but also just like being somewhere else like across the world or across like your state or your country I don't know something about it just keeps me going (laughs) like it just 100 it It does something to your mental just being outside with just culture that's different from yours or just like seeing how people live day to day and just like wanting to like tap into that or like adopt that maybe when you go back to where you are respectfully of course but um yeah it's just stuff like that I'm glad that people see that like oh she travels like it's so cool but like it's I'm very strategic about it it's planned it's not just pick up and go kind of thing yeah I, I did see one of your TikToks that's like your family asking you said something about like my family asking how I travel and like the- there's like a comment that's like no but like actually how are you yeah. and then I'm just like <laughs> guys but it makes me think like okay little do these people know that you have like a full-time fucking job too like you're not yeah. just like oh I'm styling and like yeah yeah, yeah going it's like no I'm like you don't for everything online it's like you don't see the behind the scenes of me actually like strategically planning this so that I can yeah. have the best time I can yeah yeah and like presenting online like I, it's been I'm I'm at like a really weird place with it because I'm like I really want to not seem like everything is like so perfect and together like I want I want you all to know that like there's like, like there's strategy behind it kind of thing mm-hmm. it's not just like but then at the same time it's like I I also don't want to share all that like I don't feel the need to get so nitty-gritty but it's like am I adding to like people's like uncertainty about themselves and securities like just so it's just a weird balance right now I don't know yeah no you're totally right they're gonna listen to this and then they're gonna be like okay now I know more (laughs) right you're a real person yeah Yeah. (laughs) it is so hard especially I think when social media and it seems like from what you've told us so far is like such an important aspect of your business and like the career that you're trying to build you kind of have to maintain some sort of like branded aesthetic quote unquote Mm -hmm. but you're also like okay be for real though like this post is like actually 12 minutes of my day and then like I had to like get on the train like get yelled at you know like I have like a regular life as well so it can be a fine line to balance for sure yeah yeah 
Well, getting into like our very last few questions, we're we're just going to do something that we call rapid fire normally. And personally, I would love to know because I'm like, maybe I could think about this more critically and strategically, but be your advice for someone that's like really trying to hone in on their own personal style. One big thing that I always like even do myself is Pinterest. Like I love aimlessly scrolling on Pinterest and just like seeing what catches my eye, creating like just boards. And so I think like having those visuals and like scrolling and seeing like what 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 you think is nice, what you identify with, like what you feel like, oh, like I could see myself in that. Um, and just like compiling that for yourself and moving forward is really good. I'm like purely visual. Like I, I have to see things. I need to see it on the body. Like I need to see it on somebody that looks like me, X, Y, and Z. So I would say like stuff like that, garnering, I guess, inspiration from somewhere. Um, and then like figuring out how to translate it to yourself. But of course, like it needs to be things that you actually like things that when you scroll past it, you're like, like you scroll back, you're like, oh, wow, like I, she ate that up, like stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, I think like Pinterest, like my thing growing up was Tumblr. Like I was, I lived and died by Tumblr. So like, um, I think that's also a really big part of how I was able to hone into my personal style is like seeing it on other people um, first, of course, and then like figuring out ways to make it my own. Um, I think like, trying to catch on to trends is just not like the best way to go about finding your personal style because yeah they're trends like they're gonna come they're gonna go and then it's in your closet unworn forever so I think like just finding what you actually like to look good in and what you think is like glamorous or cute and then just like feeding into that is really really nice yeah (laughs) I think there are already like expose huge articles about how tumblr has actually like built a whole generation of creative people (laughs) young people that pipeline is real i've also seen you on pinterest like on my personal feed (laughs) you you know you're a staple over there (laughs) there there are a few there are a few there are a few floating around here and there (laughs) outside of styling where are some other places that you feel like you find a lot of joy and like inspiration in your life this is so random, but I like love watching like music videos, like <laughs> not even like old ones, but just like all music videos, like current music videos, rap, hip hop, R&B, like um, pop, like just whatever the girls are doing. Like I just like to like see what they look like um, in their music videos um, and just like seeing how people move, like how people express themselves, like how they dance, how they're dressed, like what the story in the music video is. I can just sit on my couch and watch YouTube music videos for hours. I think another thing, of course, is like travel aspect. Like I really enjoy being outside of my comfort zone with people that I like. So like still having a bit of a comfort zone, but outside. And then, yeah, I also enjoy like just like photos. I just appreciate a really good picture. I think all visual art is like really nice, paintings and stuff, but just like photography good photograph just makes you just want to just want to do things like want to feel like so I also sort of dabble in photography but very amateur very like film photography yes so yeah I think like doing that allows me to be very creative and just see people's proportions like of course how clothes are looking on them um like what hairstyles would look best stuff like that so Yeah, I'm just very visual. I need to see people doing things, people moving, people being like, 
Yeah. Maybe yeah. some of your biology degree impacts that just because of the body. And I mean, not that I know, <laughs> but I'm like, maybe I we're like I cells. <laughs> Things. yeah I'm like mole- molecules <laughs> no me I'm sure I'm sure there's something there there's yeah. some time maybe you'll realize <laughs> in like a decade you'll be like you know what that degree really has influenced whatever that degree <laughs> that degree it's all life what are two or three maybe of your favorite places to shop thrift in New York okay um I just thrifting in New York I just that's what I'm saying I feel you in advance I just don't like it just doesn't do it for me sometimes because I don't know I don't know if it's like everybody in New York thrifts or like everybody is like trying to just find the same things but the prices don't make sense like I don't know I don't know I don't know and then the stuff that I see sometimes that's absolutely right (laughs) yeah that's what I see sometimes. I'm just like, whatever. But that aside, I do like L-Train Vintage. I'm sure you know L-Train Vintage. They have mm-hmm. like a chain. Um, if my personal favorite ones are, is the one on, um, where is it? It's on Sackett. Sackett, I think it is. Sackett Street. And then there's one on Grand Street. And they're both in Brooklyn. And so those two are my favorites. And I have luck there here and there. But um, I don't know. I just don't really like thrift a lot in New York like a lot of my like best thrift finds are like in Maryland like small town vibes Mm -hmm. if I'm visiting somewhere like I'll pop into like a third thrift store their value village um so I'd say that like maybe if you're in like if you if you're somewhere like just go to the thrift stores because it it really is a lot of these like small towns or like smaller cities that have like stuff because maybe it's just not oversaturated with like a lot of thrifters so you'll find stuff or like the prices just like are actually thrift prices not like yeah thirty dollars for a belt like no I'm not doing price is right (laughs) yeah so yeah I actually I really enjoy L train um I I there's stores that I like but then the prices I'm just like I can't endorse you like I don't don't but outside of that I like this one place called I think it's called Stella Dallas in Williamsburg they like coin it as like Bella Hadid's favorite thrift store. Mm. So they just kind of use that to hike their prices up. (laughs) Crazy. And then there's another one called Funny Pretty Nice. Have you heard of them? Mm -mm. So they're like, they're a vintage store. They're not really a thrift store. And they just have like really nice trendy stuff, but like vintage, if that makes sense. Um, Also expensive, but like, you know, really good stuff that I found there. Um, do you ever buy anything online or like gray? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you an online yeah. primary shopper then? Yeah, I was just going to say a lot of my stuff too is like Poshmark and eBay. Mm-hmm. eBay is like heaven sometimes. <laughs> like they, if you put in the right keywords, like you find what you want instantly. Like a lot of, it's really cringe, but like if you're searching for something and you add like Y2K at the end of it, like everything pops up. <laughs> really? wow. Or like, I don't know, like just just like stuff like that or um there's like a whole guide on ebay shopping that is like on tiktok and like youtube that i watch um and so i have a lot of luck there i think ebay is really good and poshmark is also a lot of like older like ladies that are just like trying to get rid of their stuff so i find i have a lot of luck on poshmark as well um and yeah i also really i honestly primarily like thrift just because like i don't know like 
buying buying firsthand just feels so dirty to me sometimes like I don't know like <laughs> just like because more time like I, I will really only wear that thing once and mm-hmm. so like even the things that I thrift sometimes like I will sometimes wear like once or twice but I feel a little bit better because it's like secondhand or it's like it was a bit cheaper and then I can also just resell it and like just yeah. keep the going so um but when I do shop firsthand um I really like Zara Zara is just like a go-to sometimes I also really like um Motel Rocks I don't know have you heard mm-hmm. of them yeah they're they're pretty good but yeah again it just feels kind of icky shopping like <laughs> fast fashion firsthand I, I do it sometimes of course no one's no one's above it but mm, like I would say like 80% of the time I'm like finding like a thrift find um London has really good thrifting but you didn't ask about London so <laughs> <laughs> that's next episode we go international (laughs) okay so we'll the last question we'll ask you is what is something that you think people need to hear right now I think it would go back to that subject that we were on about like social media and I just want I just want everybody to just get a grip like just 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 know that online is literally the highlight reel of people's lives like it's literally 12 seconds of what they've done in 24 hours so I think if we all collectively pushed on that mindset things would feel a little bit better and so I think just like having that real grasp of reality and just trying your hardest to not be consumed by what you consume on social media is like super vital it's very hard to do it's it's, trust me I still get consumed but like I think just Having that ability to like have people that also feel the same way and people that you can relate to about that and just like put your phone down and like speak to and just like do things with also helps perpetuate that. And so I think I just like where we're heading is so scary to me. And I just want us all to just be present, like just know that life, life is so much more than social media and like that perfect presenting life that we all have Um, and just being okay with people like not showing you that like just having that within yourself and knowing that it's that there's just so much more to what you see um yeah very cliche but like it's just so so scary to me no it's real (laughs) yeah yeah it's like influencers maybe they don't have to influence us to just like live our lives we can just do it on our own (laughs) yeah and to that as well is also like I'm I'm also in my era where I'm trying not to overconsume like things, you know, just not being influenced to like, buy things, like just making sure that that's something that you genuinely need, want, and you know can afford, something that you can actually like buy and not mm-hmm. forfeit food or freaking like you know your necessities for. So I think just being able to not overconsume is what I'm working on right now too. So I think that's a message that I think people should also lean into is you don't need 10 skincare products. You don't need five serums that don't work because it's from a celebrity. Like I don't, so just that, just rea- just having that grasp on reality and yourself. I think it's just what I want us all to strive for, like mindfully and like intentionally do because where we're going right now from what I'm seeing is just kind of scary. <laughs> Yeah, we need yeah. people to de-influence. You are sharing a great perspective and I'm not encouraging you to start a YouTube channel even though I would <laughs> I would watch it because <laughs> you're really giving us some 
great advice and talking about, I think, what many people in our demographic think about. I mean, it's been like a through line to many of the interviews that we've done is like mm-hmm. the effect of social media on their creative practice, on their well-being, on all these things. Our advice, super <laughs> helpful. Like, I'm so excited to get that out to people. I know this is your first interview. It's been genuinely so wonderful. And I'm excited yeah. for you to listen. I think you're going to be really happy with it. So yeah. we just I've had like a really good time. Felt I'm very glad. comfortable. Yay. Very, very normal, very natural. So, <laughs> and I've enjoyed myself, you know? Enjoyment. Good. Enjoyment. Period. <laughs> so we fit into your life plan. Yes. So your plans seamlessly, for the day. Seamlessly, seamlessly. You can find more of Soledad's work on her Instagram at Soledaddy, which is spelled S-O-L-I-D-A-D-D-Y, and her TikTok at Soledaddy, which is S-Z-O-L-I-D-A-D-D-Y. You can find more of our work on Instagram and TikTok at It's As You Are, and you can become a free subscriber to our Substack at asyouare.substack.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.